0: Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. Great to be back with all of our listeners again today. And we're so thankful to have this opportunity to be here with you to open up God's Word and study a little bit more together. From those rich teachings and truths, those commandments, but also those promises and blessings, those encouragements that God has laid out for us. Oh yes, there are also corrections and chastisements. But all of that, when you put it all together is God's communication to us as to how to live the best life with the greatest hope and the best direction that anyone could possibly live on this earth and again with the greatest hope and that is of being with God forever in eternity through eternity in heaven. So we're thankful to be able to have this opportunity to come to you each day here and search the scriptures and study through God's word and help you to find that hope. You know, Jesus Christ came from the throne room in heaven to bring us the gospel message of salvation. And as we understand that message, his death, burial, and resurrection, as we understand how he wants us to come to him through that message, and that is in repentance of our sins, confession of our faith in him as God's son and our Lord and Savior, and surrender to him in baptism, at which point the blood that he shed on the cross cleanses us of the guilt of our sins, then we begin to live a new life in him, one with a spiritual focus and emphasis, one in which we have been reborn, as Jesus told Nicodemus in John chapter 3, verses 3 through 5, must happen. We'll become a new creation from a spiritual perspective, 2 Corinthians 5, verses 17 and all of that means we, we live a transformed life and we have that greater hope, that hope, not just a wild wish or a dream, but the desire plus the expectation of being able to live eternally with him in heaven. How blessed we are to have such a loving God and such a loving Savior. Praise be to God. Now at the end of the program, we're going to tell you how to contact us. Have a pencil or a pen and a piece of paper ready. Jot down that information and then contact us. Ask for the free Bible study that we always offer. It is free. It will help you to see the basics of what the Bible teaches as to God and Christ, as to salvation, Christianity, the church, eternal life in heaven. Again, It is free. We'll even take care of the postage. So have that pencil or pen and piece of paper ready. Jot down that information, how to contact us, and then do that. You can also receive a copy of today's program on CD, again for free, and we'll take care of the postage. You can go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. You can scroll down the homepage to the podcast button. You can click on that and sign up for our podcasting. When you do that, you'll receive all of our sermons, all of our radio programs, all of our daily Bible classes, and all of the other Bible classes that we post on the website that we send out through podcasting. They'll all come to your device, whichever one you choose, your smartphone, your computer, your laptop, your pad, whatever Whatever device you choose, it'll all be free, and it will be automatic. So take advantage of that opportunity, and our website is free, churchofchrist.com. You can also click on the Articles button, and you can download hundreds of articles that are based from the scriptures that can be really helpful for you in your spiritual life. So take advantage of that opportunity. Again, churchofchrist.com. We're going to get back into our study on the grace of God. Now, in the first section of this study, we talked about the grace of God. What does that mean? Well, we tried to come to a reasonable, a good, uh, as comfortable as possible, an understanding of what it means when we talk about by the grace of God. And we talked about how that is when God offers us his goodness, When we do not deserve it, cannot expect it, do not have it coming. We talked about the difference between justice, which is getting what you deserve, and mercy, which is not getting what you deserve, and grace. And that is what I just said, receiving goodness that you do not deserve, that you cannot expect, that you do not have coming. That's the grace of God and God's grace is the ultimate in the whole understanding and principle of grace. In our last program, we looked at the first 14 verses of John's gospel account. We saw that in verses one and two, and also in verse 10, that our very existence physically, living in this world, is dependent upon God. Now we also saw in verses 1 and 2 and verse 10 that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is eternal. He was there with God and as God in the beginning. And what did John say? All things were made through him and without him nothing was made that was made. Verse 3 of John chapter 1. Then we also noted that as with our physical existence, we are totally dependent upon God for salvation. We did not come into this world physically by accident. Nobody did. God was there in the beginning and he created the heavens and the earth, Genesis 1 and verse 1. The first chapter of Genesis tell us about the days of creation and how God in a in an orderly process, brought everything into being that we see around us. We did not just, and this world did not just, and nothing in this world just came into existence out of nothing or by accident. It is all by God's design. So our very existence physically is dependent upon God and our physical existence also our Spiritual essence is totally dependent upon God and verses 4 through 9 When it comes to salvation when it comes to eternal life We cannot bring that about by ourselves We don't have that ability. We don't have that power. We don't have that authority It is totally by God's grace Beginning with verse 4, in him, that is in Christ, was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness, to bear witness to the light. That is, John, the immerser, the cousin of Jesus, from a human perspective, came to prepare the way for the coming Savior by teaching the that he was on his way, that he was coming, that all through him might believe. He, that is John, was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. Now that is, Jesus is the true light of the world, in that he came with the light of the gospel message of the truth of God, He came bearing that light of salvation and eternal life so that humankind could have the opportunity, by God's grace, to live forever in heaven. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. Unfortunately, most people do not come to the Savior in the way that the Savior has called them to come to him. In fact, most people in the world right now probably Well, a great many of them at least do not believe in the Savior as the Savior. And even most who do still do not come to him as he has instructed that they should come to him in repentance and in obedience, surrendering to him in baptism for the remission of their sins, confessing him openly as their Savior. Most people do not come to him even those who would say they believe in him. So he came to his own and his own did not receive him. That is the Israelites, the Jewish people who should have been prepared for his coming and looking forward to it. They rejected him for the most part. By and large, the vast majority did not accept him as the savior. He was not the savior they were looking for and wanting. They were looking for some physical savior, He came as a spiritual savior. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Now, I wanted to take a few moments during our time together today to just highlight those last two verses, verses 12 and 13. Because you see, most people, they think of everybody in the world as children of God. Maybe from the broadest, loosest conception of that particular phrase, children of God, maybe that's accurate. In that God created mankind and created us in his own image with a soul with a spiritual being within our physical being one that can live forever with him in heaven but now look at look at uh verse 12 again there in john chapter 1 as many as received him that is as received christ as god the son as the savior to them he he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. You see, you don't become something that you already are. We need to understand the fundamental truth behind what John writes there. In the most important sense of being a child of God, most people are not children of God. Again, if everybody is a child of God, then what in the world was John talking about writing by inspiration, being guided by the Holy Spirit to write what he wrote? What in the world did he mean when he said, as many as received Jesus as the Savior, to them he gave the right to become children of God? You see again, I emphasize, you don't become something that you already are. Well, the apostle Paul wrote along this line in Romans chapter eight, beginning with verse 14. He said, for as many as are led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Now you see a whole lot of people are not walking by the spirit. The guidance of the Holy Spirit communicated to us through the scriptures. They're living a worldly life. They're not living a faithful life. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption. By whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. How do we become children of God God adopts us into his family adopts us as his children Paul says so there now again you don't become something that you already are and you you don't adopt your own children they're your children there's no need to adopt them but Paul says that as we become Christians, as we come to God through Jesus Christ, His way, God adopts us as His children. Paul brings that out again, again in Galatians chapter four, and so in verse two he says, uh, verse three rather, he says, even so we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world, but when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his son born of a woman born under the law to redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons again you don't adopt your own children so when john brings out here in john chapter 1 in verse 12 as many as received Christ to them he became the he to them he gave the right to become children of god to those who believe in his name Now, the idea of believing there is not just intellectual understanding and agreement, but believing to the point of coming to him through repentance and confessing our faith and being born again through baptism into him and living that new life in him as a Christian. Those who come to him in that way have the right to become, or they are adopted by God God as his children. They become his children in this most important and profound spiritual sense. So we're completely dependent upon God for not just our physical existence, but we're totally dependent upon God for eternal life, for salvation, Now, all of this, again, is by the grace of God, by his grace and by his grace alone. In verse 17 of John chapter 1, for the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. You talk about the personification of grace, that was Jesus coming into this world as the Savior that's God's grace demonstrated to mankind offered to mankind in the most graphic and visual way that we could possibly imagine Jesus Christ the fulfillment of God's grace when we think about the Old Testament times God began with Adam and Eve in the garden. Genesis chapter 2. In Genesis chapter 3, Adam and Eve sinned against God. Now, sin separates us from God spiritually. Isaiah 59, verses 1 and 2. But God already had a plan in mind for man's forgiveness, redemption, salvation and the opportunity for eternal life. And that's all by his grace. So the rest of the Old Testament points toward the coming of the Savior, Jesus Christ. And God works through the Israelite nation, who came to be known as the Jews. He builds that nation, beginning with Abraham, and he builds that nation into his people. In this world, there were supposed to be his spiritual people, the people of God. And through their bloodline, he's pointing them toward the coming Savior. Now, when the Savior comes, and we read that account in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John of the New Testament, then those Israelites, those Jews, were supposed to have been prepared to receive and accept and follow the Savior, Jesus Christ. But most of them did not. Most of them rejected him, as I've said earlier. They were supposed to be ready for him. They were supposed to receive him, to accept him, to follow him, to obey him, to embrace him as the Savior, the Messiah. But they did not. For the most part the vast majority rejected Jesus as the Savior now all of what God did in working through the nation of Israel in leading up to the right time to send the Savior into the world all of that was by his grace and again the ultimate fulfillment of his grace was sending Jesus into this world as the Savior to go to that cross and die thereon as the perfect one time for all time sacrifice to pay the price for the guilt of the sins of all mankind for all time. Hebrews 7 and verse 27. Hebrews 2 and verse 9. You think about what God did for us by his grace. He demonstrates his own love toward us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 5 and verse 8. All of that is by the grace of God. But by his grace, we have absolutely no chance for eternal life. But God loves us that much that he gave his son that he put his son basically on that cross. I know the Roman soldiers nailed him to the cross. I know the Jewish leadership instigated that execution. But God sent him to go to that cross, to pay that price, to be the perfect sacrifice. That's all by God's grace. We did not have that coming. We did not deserve God's grace extended to us in that incredible way. We did not deserve it. We could not expect it in and of ourselves. There was no way that we as sinners could forgive or bring about our own forgiveness because we were sinners. But God, by his grace, made the way for us to be forgiven through Jesus Christ. That's what Jesus going to that cross was all about. And as we're baptized into him, buried with him in baptism, as Romans chapter 6, verse 3 says, Then the blood that he shed on the cross cleanses us of the guilt of our sins. Acts chapter 22 and verse 16, Ananias came to Saul of Tarsus. Ananias had been sent to teach Saul by the Lord himself. And he said, why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling in the name of the Lord. And in that Act of obedience and surrender, we are born again. Romans chapter 6, verses 3 through 5. We are made new, 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17. We put our Lord on in baptism. Galatians 3 and verse 27. Oh, we become a different creation spiritually. And we have all the hope that God wants us to have, to be with Him forever in heaven, and that's eternal life. Praise God. Praise God. We'll continue our study next time. Let's pray together now. Our Father in heaven, dear Father in heaven, thank you for giving us hope. Thank you for giving us the opportunity of eternal life through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord and Savior. Guide us and help us to embrace that hope, that opportunity, obediently and faithfully. Please guide us in this, and please guide the world in this. The world needs that hope and needs that opportunity of eternal life through forgiveness, through Christ, so desperately. Please guide us to be the shining lights to help them see the way. Please forgive us, gracious Father, and hear our prayer in Christ's name. Amen.